0: Good morning, folks. It is a wintry, snowy Saturday, but I'm back here with you after a few weeks of the flu and laryngitis, which, let me tell you, neither of those things are particularly fun, but alas, nature and the human nature is going to be... As it is. Good to be with you today. It is slick outside, so please keep that in mind as you go out and about on this Saturday morning as we come just into the first of three hours of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And I want to begin with sharing something very important with you. You know, when I was in high school as a freshman... I would ride my bike to and from my high school. took about 20, 25 minutes, depending on how fast I'd go. Of course, often I would listen to music. And at the time, yes, it was the likes of Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Allman Brothers Band and the kind of music, the best bumper music known to man that you've grown to love on this program over the past ten and a half years. But all too often, I would also listen right here to this station at the time you had, I think Mike Gallagher was mornings at the time. Maybe it was uh, Laura Ingram, but it depended at the whenever it was. But I remember Gallagher in the mornings at points, and always, always, always Hugh Hewitt giving me comfort on my bike ride home. Then I think it was, Kelly, you'd have to remind me on the timeline, but I think it was when I was a senior in high school that I sent a packet to somebody here at the station saying, hey, you know what? I would love a radio show on 710 KNUS. And, uh, of course, that didn't happen at the time, and it shouldn't have happened at the time. I hadn't even begun doing college radio at that point, but I soon would in 2008 when I'd launched Sang Center on KRCX 93.9, The Real Deal at Regis University. But Regis started with that radio show and for me my experience ended on May 8, 2011. With graduation it was Mother's Day and you know we had graduation celebrations and all of that and I had the opportunity to fill in for Backbone Radio right here on 710K in US. I was not yet 21 years of age. And I had that opportunity. My mom said, "I know it's Mother's Day, but it's okay." Go ahead and enjoy. We'll do dinner coming up soon. And so that's what I did. I came in and I hosted for the first time here on this station. Ross Kaminsky was actually Backbone Radio's host at the time. And eventually in September of 2013, the Jimmy Sangenberger show was launched right here on 710 KNUS. I think that was September 20th, 2013. 2013. And over the past almost 10 and a half years it has been a tremendous ride. We have had so much fun doing things from interviews with the likes of Charles Krauthammer, who I got to talk with in person at the at the Weekly Standard summit back in 2014 in the first year of this program to Ken Starr who became somewhat of a semi-regular the late judge and special Uh, or rather, Independent Council. That's what it was during the 1990s. We had music guests, Richie Fure, two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, live in studio. Joe Bonamassa last year, one of my absolute favorites, joined us. Biff Gore regularly in studio. We had music with Crump. We've done so many fun things in that regard and engaging with you. I'll have more to reflect next week as well, because... There is a time when a change needs to happen just a little bit for you. And that's why next Saturday we will be sunsetting the Jimmy Sangenberger show on 710 KNUS. And the time just has come for a little bit of focus on some exciting projects I've got cooking coming up here in the coming months. I've got expansions in terms of my writing and the columns and investigative work that I do with the Denver Gazette. I've got developing family dynamics with my girlfriend and her 10-year-old, soon-to-be 11-year-old son that are so, so important to me, especially when we're talking about, like, last night I spent five hours prepping for this program today because of the effort you need to put into the audio and to reading up and to getting the best bumper music, you got to figure out what's the selection. What do you want? How is it going to go? How is the progression going to happen? There's a lot that is involved in that aspect of this program because having the best bumper music known to man is a responsibility that you must consistently live up to. It has been such a blast. I won't be a stranger, for sure. But we will say farewell next Saturday morning with a jam-packed, excellent, fun show. We'll have your participation as well today, next Saturday at 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You can text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. And, of course, you can email me over the next uh, you can go to 710 US.com, go to the Jimmy Sangenberger show page, email me there. You can always keep in touch with yours truly at jimmysangenberger.com. Remember, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. I'll have more thoughts and reflections next Saturday night when we do our sunsetting of the program on Saturdays. But I'm asking you to come along with me. Come along for the ride as we look ahead into the future. And you can go on to jimmysangenberger.com, scroll down, and there's a sign-up slot for the Sangenberger Sizzle, my newsletter, which I'm going to be doing more frequently. And you can keep tabs on everything that I'm doing, what I'm up to, where I'm at, all those good things. And so I'm inviting you, in the words sung by the great Biff Gore, on this program, to Come Along With Me.
1: Come along with me. Come along with me. Take a ride with me. Come along with me. Come on, Jimmy, what you got to say? Hey. Jumped in the truck this morning. To cruise around, it felt so good to me. I didn't even wanna slow down. I said, "Hey, Jimmy, come on! Hey, come along, along with me. me! Hey, yeah, come, come along, along with, with me. me! Yeah, take a face smile at the other cars there's a peace and no wing that my car will give me far come on hey I said now come along with me come, come along with me take a ride with me Love this city, a mile above the sea. Everywhere I look, tranquility. Oh, oh, come along with me. Come along with me, yeah. yeah. Take a ride with me, yeah. Do you want to be free? Got some gas in the big white truck. Won't you ride with me and Jimmy?
0: Tune in next Saturday morning from 7 to 10 on 710. Got some great stuff we're cooking up for that program and moving ahead again. Jimmy dot com all ease all the time scroll down just a bit you 'll find sign up there to join the newsletter for the sengenberger Sizzle. You can keep tabs on the exciting things that are to come now today on the program we 've got lots. To do. Coming up in just a bit, we will be joined by a regular guest on this program for a long time, Keith Nobles, former military intelligence contractor, particularly during the last decade of the Cold War. Keith is a tremendous guest, very insightful. We have this interview between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin. And look, I thought it was terrible. I. I'll tell you why in the next segment when we're joined by Keith Nobles. I don't think it was good journalism, as some people are saying. As an interviewer myself, who has done thousands of interviews with hundreds and hundreds of different people, from that perspective, I looked at it and I thought, okay, Tucker, when are you going to jump in? I know he's another world leader, but you spoke for 13 minutes out of 125 minutes. That's embarrassing. We'll talk more about it with Keith Nobles. Take your calls as well. Then Tina Peters' trial has been continued. And it's because she's got her fifth attorney of record. She just fired her legal team again. And it's pretty astonishing to see that. And also to see earlier this week, the Colorado GOP embarrass itself by putting out an email With the leadership for the party saying, oh, pray for poor Tina Peters. I'd rather pay, pray and hope for the best for the people who fell victim To the election security breach. We don't know what laws. That's all for the jury to figure out. But we know there was an election security breach. And we know that a man's identity was used by another man. And the man whose identity was used, Jerry Wood and his wife Wendy, will return to this program in the top of the 8 o'clock hour for an exclusive interview on both the continuing of the trial, that never seems to be happening, and what they've been put through the past few years, and the Colorado GOP debasing itself this week. Once again, we will talk with Jerry and Wendy Wood coming up top of the next hour. And then third and final hour, Rashini Rajkumar has been a guest on this program since, gosh, I think it was August of 2014, within the first year of the show. She is one of my favorite guests. She is stellar. She's the host of the Crisis Files podcast. The latest episode out today. School Board Blues featuring yours truly as the guest discussing what's happening with school boards in Colorado and across the country. We'll talk a bit about that and get into her communication expert mind just a little bit on the Biden presser the other day. I mean, look, this report from Robert Herr, the special counsel, is damning on Biden. But what was even more damning was how he went before the American people in a prime time address, chose to take questions, and then got beyond testy with those questions. And and when you think about it, when you're president of the United States, when you have a significant matter, like special counsel saying, you know what? We should Recognize that he willfully did things wrong with classified documents, but because he's old and because he's got memory issues, he's elderly, he's all these things, we don't think we can prosecute the case, so we're going to give Biden a pass. So that happens, and then you come out and you give your press conference and you get absolutely tested. For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is your
2: judgment. That is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press.
0: They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? Why? Because I'm the most question.
2: qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started.
0: And, and then, of course, the guy whose claim to fame in the United States Senate, the reason why he was brought on to Barack Obama's ticket as VP and a big driving force behind his presidency was this idea that he's some foreign relations guru. He could shore up Obama, who never had any foreign policy experience. Well, of course... Uh, he made some slip-ups in that regard. The conduct
2: of the response in, Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi. Did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side.
0: The Mexican president is bordering Gaza and Israel and, huh. Oh, he meant Egypt. But not only that, he said over the top, which is a little bit, okay, that's a major faux pas. Because that's saying Israel has gone too far in their response. Just stunning. We'll touch on Israel with Keith Nobles as well. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the Jimmy Sangenberger show, the longtime military intelligence contractor will offer some insights as we get rolling, revved up and ready to go. The Jimmy Singenberger Show, News Talk, 710 KNUS. Ah, one of my favorite Almond Brothers tunes. We do this one in the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band, which hopefully we'll be doing some gigs again soon. music.com By the way, I will, weather permitting, be sitting in tonight at Dougie G's in Thornton, VFW post up there, with DJ... And the Young Heart Band, that's country music, and I'll be doing some harmonica up there. It should be a blast. They're celebrating 10 years. They're great people. It's a lot of fun. $10 cover charge there. Come on out if you'd like to enjoy some music and uh, see yours truly as well. Keith Nobles is a former uh, military intelligence contractor. For over a decade, and that particularly was during the last decade of the Cold War. And I wanted to welcome him onto the program because of this interview that Tucker Carlson did the other day on his show that he does on YouTube. I guess it's Tucker on X, but he posted on YouTube and elsewhere. And it, was, uh, it was a rather interesting interview. And Keith Noble's longtime guest on this program joins us now. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Jimmy. How are you? You know, I'm doing okay. Big changes on the horizon, but uh, looking forward to things and I'm getting better from this illness. Uh,
2: that's very good that you're getting better from this illness.
0: Yeah, it's always good when you've had uh, a bout and it's getting, you can actually talk <laughs> like that. That's the thing. And um, here we go as we wrap up and wind things down on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show as well. Good to have you with us on the penultimate program, my friend.
2: So well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: So, Keith, I, you, I asked you, all right, what Allman Brothers tune do you think encapsulates the Tucker Putin interview? And for some reason, you suggested One Way Out, which, of course, is a song where Greg Allman sings it. A man has been sleeping with his girl. And there's a knock on the door, and he's worried, oh my gosh, this could be your man. Might even be your husband in some versions. Might be your husband. I don't know. And uh, he has one way out, which is out that window. Why one way out for this Tucker Carlson interview?
2: Because I think Tucker Carlson's only way out now is through the window. Why is that? (laughs) Well, well, because he interviewed Vladimir Putin for two hours. And I think, uh, in fact, I think you counted up how much Tucker Carlson. Carlson spoke in that two hours is about thirteen minutes
0: yeah it was it was even worse than that. It was a little over two hours, like one hundred and twenty five minutes, and yeah. it was just like thirteen and a half minutes, which is about ten percent of the interview and I'll just tell you this, Keith, because i've done thousands of interviews over the years and with hundreds of different guests. And when you have a guest on, especially somebody who is controversial, who's a big name, you have an opportunity to press on issues, you actually need to jump in from time to time. He gave a a dissertation that was very wrong and misleading, intentionally so, Putin did, for like 30 minutes, 35 minutes on Russian history and their claims to Ukraine. And Tucker spoke up maybe two minutes, I think. In that portion yeah. of the interview, in the entire time, and it was really yes, he pressed, a, said, his, repeated his question a couple times, but I mean, I look at that as a as a professional interviewer in uh, what I've done for radio, what I do for newspaper, that is embarrassing, and that is a failure of journalism. Yeah, no, I I, I don't argue that, Juby. I, I mean, it, uh, when this war started two years ago. And we were on this station together. That's right. We were doing uh, interviews talking about the prospect of war when this war
2: started. But two years ago, and for for a while there, Tucker Carlson really was tearing the water for for Putin and Russia. And he was repeating, Tucker Carlson was repeating things which were just objectively false, that Russia wanted Americans to believe. And he, he wasn't quite so flagrant in this interview. But Tucker Carlson, were, I mean, this was basically two hours of Russian propaganda. And Tucker Carlson uh, did ask if he could bring the interned journalist home. He was, did a good was, job was, with that. Yes, but other than that, yeah, Tucker Carlson just didn't call Vladimir Putin out on this is false, this is false, this is false. Why are you saying this? Why are you saying this? There were... Uh, certainly things I, I had wished Tucker Carlson would have at least asked him about. Yeah. Uh, since this war started, Russia has abducted, uh, there are different numbers for this. They're all in the same ballpark. According to the United Nations, uh, Russia has abducted 64,000 Ukrainian children, stolen them away from their parents and taken them back to Russia. They are hostages in Russia. They are bargaining chips. If there's ever a negotiated settlement and, uh, I wish things like that Tucker Carlson had pres- pressed Putin on, mm. had asked him, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, let me let me I jump mean, in. Uh, well, go I ahead, mean, finish just, your point. No, no, just, yeah, I mean, Tucker Carlson just should have asked him. If that was Saddam Hussein, or somebody else, well, we can be pretty sure somebody would have asked him that question. What about the 64,000 children he abducted and taken from their parents? And, yeah. So that's that, that was disappointing that Putin did not get called on the things he said wrong. and was not pressed on these things that Russia has yeah. done that are utterly
0: insensible. So in regards to Tucker Carlson, he set up the interview in a way that I found very strange once I actually watched the bulk of the interview. and I And I skipped around at some points, but as I watched it, I was struck by how disingenuous this was. At the beginning of the interview, we asked the most obvious question, which is, why did you do this? Did you feel a threat, an imminent physical threat? And that's your justification. And the answer we got shocked us. Putin went on for a very long time, probably half an hour, about the history of Russia going back to the 8th century. And honestly, we thought this was a filibustering technique and found it annoying and interrupted him several times. And he responded. He was annoyed uh, by the interruption. But we concluded in the end, for what it's worth, that it was not a filibustering technique. There was no time limit on the interview. We ended it after more than two hours. Instead, what you're about to see seemed to us sincere, whether you agree with it or not. Vladimir Putin believes that Russia has a historic claim to parts of Western Ukraine. So our opinion would be to view it in that light as a sincere expression of things. So he there are two things that struck me about that, Keith Nobles. Number one, I thought it was, we thought it was a filibustering technique in the beginning, interrupted several times. No, you interrupted twice. He interrupted himself once to get some sort of document, and that was it. Um, he expressed frustration. No, he didn't. He laughed about, oh, you must think that this is a boring interview and whatnot who was driving that conversation oh we determined it wasn't a filibustering technique no that was just absolute nonsense that first part that made Tucker basically I looked at it from the perspective because sometimes you set up context if you do a pre-recorded interview And you know that you didn't really interrupt, but you want people to get in their mind, oh, he's going to be interrupting, he's going to be doing this and that, you plant that seed. That's what happened there. But then the latter party said, oh, well, he sincerely believes this. Yes, he sincerely believes this. China sincerely believes, the Chinese Communist Party sincerely believes that Taiwan is China is part and parcel of China. Are we supposed to accept China's word? He's not saying you you have to agree with him. Of course. He says, oh, well, you might disagree with him, but he sincerely believes... Who cares if he sincerely believes that the guy actually acted on it by invading another country? Even China hasn't done that with Taiwan up to this point. Yeah, well, no, exactly, Jimmy. I mean, it was all... <clears throat> yes, disingenuous.
2: Uh, you gave a murderous dictator a platform who spread lies for two hours. Now, that wouldn't be so bad or useless if he yeah, had if just called him on these things. But to your point, he, he barely even interrupts him. And he doesn't call him on these falses like this half-hour-long dissertation on Russian history that is false. And people should understand what Putin said about Russian history there is just factually
0: not true. Go ahead and explain and what, that, please. Okay.
2: Uh, The Bolsheviks, the communists in the Soviet Union, presented a false history of Russia to uh, to justify things they were doing. And what Putin just repeated in that half-hour dissertation was the false history the communist Bolsheviks had produced. It was the rewrite of Russian history the Bolsheviks used to justify things they wanted to do. And Putin just continued that Bolshevik uh, let me watch my language here, nonsense. That, that that had come from Lenin and Stalin. I, I mean, that's, that's all that was. People need to understand, that is not actual Russian history. That is not actual history of the region. That was communist nonsense. Um, well, but but here's the thing.
0: People were listening to this interview, and again, it was like 35 minutes of Putin giving this sort of dissertation, all slanted, of course, and he kept saying, maybe this is boring to you, but I'm going to keep going for just a, just bear with me. I'm going to get to your question. I'm going to get to – and he never really did get to a, a cogent answer. But when you're doing that and and just going on and on, it gives the perception, especially when the host – fails journalism 101 by following up and saying wait a second or let's skip up to this point or whatever then you're you're basically saying Putin's pretty much right in his history so you might as well believe what he's saying
2: yeah well yeah i mean it's it's journalism 101 yeah, it, to be on a journalist as you are those to say to call him out on those things, question him on those things I mean that's that's kind of why we do these interviews and and uh, a lot of people have compared this to Dan Rather interviewing Saddam Hussein and maybe some of the uh, back in the 1930s when some of the Western journalists interviewed Hitler and, and all that. But uh, imagine asking interviewing Hitler say 1941 and not asking him, not calling him out on. This Aryan nonsense he's using to justify the war and these, these uh, territorial claims, which everyone realized were bogus, that Hitler used to justify the war. Now, I'm not comparing Putin to Hitler, so don't go there. I'm just comparing the, the journalistic model that, of course, anyone Western journalist who would have interviewed Hitler in '41 would have asked him, why do you have a territorial claim to the Soviet Union? Why do you have a territorial claim to France or Yugoslavia or Greece or Norway? And, and these are the same questions because yeah. Putin's giving the, the same
0: level of fictional answers Hitler would have given. So I think that's an apt, narrow analogy, to be clear. But here's an example of Putin denying any desires on Poland. Can you imagine a scenario where you sent Russian troops to Poland?
1: Only in one case, if Poland attacks Russia. Why? Because we have no interest in Poland, Latvia, or anywhere else. Why would we do that? We simply don't have any interest. It's just threat Keith
0: Nobles, you were a intelligence contractor for the last decade of the Cold War. During that time, Finland and Sweden maintained independence. They did not... Join NATO, they were neutral countries. Now they are not, or they are on the road to not being that because of Putin somehow. So there's something about Putin. What is it about Putin that gets, and I talked with a journalist in Sweden that I met when I was in Taiwan a couple of years ago, and he said most Swedes agree we should be in NATO, and that's because of Russia and Putin. Why? Why is that? Uh, because Putin just lied right there. That's why that is. For More than 30
2: years now, Putin has been saying and writing that he absolutely has ambitions for Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Poland, um, Ukraine, just as he had written, he had uh, ambitions for Ukraine. I I mean, people need to fundamentally understand what Putin has said for 30 years is he wants to resurrect and reestablish this czarist empire because anything short of that was theft from Russia. Russia is entitled to this territory. I mean, that's just, Putin doesn't need a reason. Putin feels entitled. He feels that this is what he is due. And that would include all those places they listed, and many, many, many more. This is why Sweden and Finland have joined NATO. Uh, Finland, from uh, about 1710 until 1918, was part of the Russian Empire as was Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, etc. So, you know, they all feel this threat because they understand what Putin has been saying for 30 years. He um,
0: fancies himself the next Peter the Great, and he has written that and talked about that for decades.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He, yeah, he wants to be the fellow who goes down to Russian history as reestablishing the czarist empire. And it's important to understand, it doesn't seem like a, a real nuance, but... Putin has been critical of how the Soviet Union acquired territory and incorporated it. And he has praised how Peter the Great acquired territory and incorporated it into Russia. And let me give you an example. This goes to the heart of how disingenuous what Putin says about the Ukraine is. uh, The Soviet Union always maintained that Ukraine was an independent country. And Stalin fought successfully. That when the United Nations was formed in 1945, Ukraine would have a seat as an independent country in the United Nations. And it always did. So, though, Ukraine was completely and wholly controlled by the Soviet Union and a part of the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union always maintained Ukraine was an independent country. And now you have Putin saying, well, Ukraine was always part of Russia. Well, that's not even what the communists thought. So... Yeah, but everybody in Eastern Europe and most everyone in Western Europe understands Putin's ambitions here to reestablish that czarist empire, regardless of what he told Tucker Carlson. Just another falsehood that that he said in that interview.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, very important. Um, Just two two final things before we let you go, Keith. Uh, I want to read from Jeff in Littleton. I watched that interview. Carlson was in hostile territory. I didn't think for one moment that he could freely do a tough interview without fearing his and his crew's safety. I doubt you and Keith could do any better. Your listeners are not fools, and we know better. First of all, of course you're not fools. You're the best listening audience in radio. I've known this since I first filled in in May of 2011. But with that said, Jeff, the fact of the matter is, and I want your response to what I think and what he thinks, Keith, that... Yes, you're in hostile territory, but you go in there knowing that in context and you prepare for that and recognize occasionally I'll have to interrupt. Literally, 10% of the interview is what Tucker spoke. He could have pushed more. He should have pushed more. And goodness, if Tucker Carlson or his crew were arrested by Vladimir Putin, I think something would have happened in that regard to address. I don't think Putin would have been able to get away with that and would have done that. But uh, you never know. But still. I think there's ample reason to think, you know what, you shouldn't do the interview if you don't believe that you can actually push back even remotely, Keith. It kicks me off as an interviewer. Well, you know, Jimmy,
2: let's um, just logically look at this. So Harold Momgren, who has been a guest on your shows before, uh, tweeted yesterday, he was a fellow George Bush sent to Russia with the Soviet Union collapsed to figure out what was going on. interview all the potential players, and he talked extensively with Putin at that time. Harold Momgren yesterday posted that what Putin said in that interview with Tucker Carlson was no different than what he had told Harold Momgren 32 years ago. So, my point is this. We all knew what Putin was going to say, because Putin said what he has said for decades about Ukraine. So, that being said, everybody knew what Putin was going to say. So, yeah, Carlson should have been prepared to refute these factual inaccuracies that uh, pretty much was the entire interview. So, yeah, he should have pushed back. And number two, if, if, if he felt they were going to be arrested by pushing back, they should have never gone and done the interview. I mean, it's just that simple. Why would you go someplace... Where you know you have a murderous dictator. Where you know if you were going to be arrested if you push back, why why would you ever do that in the first place? You wouldn't. So right. I, I don't think that was ever something. Yeah, I mean the idea that yeah Putin was going to arrest the crew was that that, that was
0: yeah exactly. This is not the instance of a of a, a journalist, random journalist like Evan who deserves to be out. And I will give Tucker credit for pushing on that. He pushed well on that. Really quick, I don't have time to play this clip. We're out, out of time, but I want to ask you, he basically said Putin to Tucker Carlson, Keith Nobles, that the U.S. should just stop arming Ukraine and that would end the war. Uh, yeah, well, it would end the war because it would leave, <laughs> it would leave Ukraine more defenseless, right? Well, no, exactly. They Putin wanted in the war, he could end the war today. He could just walk away,
2: right? I mean, Putin started this war, Putin could end this war anytime he wished. That is, completely disingenuous that is just as disingenuous as hamas claiming israel should end the war with hamas by withdrawing well but but israel is the one who was attacked hamas could end the war right now by surrendering is russia could end the war right now by just walking away so yes completely disingenuous for the same reasons hamas is completely disingenuous
0: keith this will be our final interview with you on the Jimmy Sangenberger show. Uh, Any words before next week when we say so long?
2: Oh, Jimmy, it's just been an absolute pleasure. All the many, many, many now interviews we have done over the years and topics we've covered. And uh, thank you for for having me on all these times. I appreciate it.
0: You know, I will never forget filling in for Stefan and the Russian tanks are moving and the invasion's beginning live on air with you. Yeah, that was... I said, I said no, to you, wouldn't it be something if it actually happened, started while we were on air? And uh, I shouldn't have said that; those were prophetic words.
2: No, no, that's that's exactly what happened. The war started while you and I were
0: on the air talking about the potential of the war. <laughs> oh yes, well, my friend, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you down the line, brother. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, Keith Nobles joining us. He is longtime military intelligence contractor, author of the novel, Our Dogs Did Not Bark. Hey, wait, Keith, what's your new book that's getting ready to come out? Real quick.
2: Uh, well, you know, I don't have a final title yet, but people can follow me on Facebook or Twitter, Author Nobles. And it uh, will be out here in probably, I'm hoping, the next six weeks. Beautiful. So, But it's a book about how to be happy in a world and insane. All right. a, lot of people, a lot of people could
0: use this book. Thank you. Keith, good luck with it. I've gotten a little bit of a taste of the, the preview of it, so that looks good. All right, we are overdue for a break. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, 710 KNUS. Underrated, not well known. It's Luther Allison. May he rest in peace, bringing us back. Powerhouse, get fiddle player. On the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS, it is time for our top of the hour. In the next hour, we will be joined for a Colorado radio exclusive by Jerry and Wendy Wood. Gerald Wood, Jerry Wood's identity was used by a 90s pro surfer named Conan Hayes to help out Tina Peters. What did this all do to their life? We're going to talk about that and the Colorado GOP's debasement this week as we continue. Keep it here.